Welcome, everyone, to another episode of After Further Review. Mark Ferrer, John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor, all kinds of all kinds of things happening today. First of all, we're starting late, and that's yep. all my fault because I'm in the Chesapeake Bay. Not You're not actually. in the Chesapeake Bay, Mark. You're. I am on the shore. Wading into the bay at this point. I, I am on the shore. Not even on the shore. I'm on an inlet. The kayak can take the inlet out to the river, uh-huh. and the river will go out to the bay. So I'm in. Uh, I'm in Southern Virginia, a little uh, about an hour south east of uh, Richmond, if you will. Where are you? Where Where exactly are you? You're like City Point. Are you over there on the? What, what, if there's a, if there's a way, no, it's not city point. I don't know the exact area, but it's, it's, is on, there a name of a town that you could give me? The, what's the, what's the town? Deltaville. Deltaville. Have you heard of this? Deltaville? No, no, I'm, I'm in Northern, I'm in Northern Virginia. We, I know you, know, you, we, you don't, you don't, don't look too kindly on those folk down no, there. No, you, you, you don't associate with the Southern no. Virginians. Although I, Some I would places say we these do. people, these people down here are probably their own part of Virginia. It's the, it's, it's like a fourth state of Virginia or a third state. They really don't associate with the Richmond people of the world either. They, they are out in the boonies. I like Richmond. These- Richmond's, a, Richmond's a great place. And yeah, some of those areas out there uh, near the bay and on the rivers, those are kind of newer communities, some of them. And uh, that's why I, I just, I don't know those names. And I, you know, I used to go to Virginia beach on a regular basis and uh, you know, went to school briefly in uh, Charlottesville until they realized I was going to school there and said, this is an institution of higher learning why are you here and and i had to agree and go um but uh but cool i was wondering if you were in maryland or uh virginia we are, because- we are in virginia so uh, we're only we're not too far from yorktown john so we are going to visit yorktown we're not far from williamsburg so we're going to visit there as well your thoughts on williamsburg virginia it's very historic I, i've it, been told it's beautiful uh the campus of william and mary is Ooh, william in, and mary in my mind uh thomas jefferson's alma mater thomas jefferson's alma mater you, were you kids aware i think they were probably aware of that I'm um sure they were i didn't know williamsburg was in i mean i didn't know william and mary was in williamsburg yeah the, the, uh, the college bar scene in williamsburg is still fantastic because we were there five years ago and had a great time still so it's a it's a happening little spot it's a it's a great it's a great town there's a lot of history colonial williamsburg certainly mark um but uh you know take take a stroll around william and mary i want i once went to a football game at william and mary It was william and mary and harvard the two oldest schools in the country and two that you know all present company would not have been accepted to god knows well and also you know their football programs aren't the greatest but that's the kind of college mike football you tomlin, love mike tomlin a william and mary grad mark steelers Terrific. coach mike tomlin having a good year so far so far no doubt about it there's there's so much to talk about right. first of all we started late because i'm in the chesapeake bay area i should say John had some computer problems. John has another gig he has to get, he has to perform in at 7 p.m. So we need to let him go. We need to let him go in about 40 minutes or 38 minutes from now. Seven, seven, uh, excuse me, five, excuse me. What time is it? 640 will be fine. I just need, I need 20 minutes to change into my costume. And, uh, you know, you know me, mentally prepare myself, lie on the table in the fetal position so that I can, uh, I can go back to the beginning and then build my character from, vision you know you you have uh you know you have to visualize the green energy ball (laughs) oh my god yeah i I forgot that's right you're uh i'm sorry (laughs) 
you poo poo any sort of new agey acting things. You're just uh, you work from the outside in, Mark. It's give, give you a hat and a pair of glasses, and there's the character pretty much. I mean, that's okay because it implies that the in gets worked on. It's just how it's yeah. just the process. Lawrence yeah. Olivier was outside in, Dustin Hoffman was inside out. There's the famous Marathon Man story that we won't go into because we only have 40 minutes. Oh, let's keep talking about it. I read a great Spencer Tracy story about that. Some guy holding up the production of uh, Judgment at Nuremberg, some stage actor. And his job was literally to walk in and hand uh, Spencer Tracy a manila envelope. And and that was it. He hands him an envelope and then he leaves. He walks through the door, hands him an envelope and leaves. And he was... It was some stage actor who didn't know what his motivation was. And he went through all of that bullshit. And uh, Spencer Tracy said, and I'm, I'm just going to quote it as best I can. You fucking walk in the door and fucking hand me the, uh, the envelope because you fucking are supposed to give me the envelope. And the only way to get in is to walk through the fucking door. Something on that. So that, those are good, that you know. It's that great scene with Dustin Hoffman and Sidney Pollack and Tootsie, you know, where he's saying, no one wants to work with you, Michael. You were a tomato and you didn't want to get up. He said, because why would a tomato get up? You were a tomato, Michael. You know, that kind of thing. I did a whole season of fruit. My my vegetables. Oh, yeah. Great, great stuff. But that's uh, a great movie. You should revisit it completely. I just need to put on my whole thing is I need to put on a dress shirt and a cravat. So I just need the time to do that. Yes. So, yes, I am outside in. I'm proud of it. Proud of the outside in. And uh, me too. And the other uh, the other thing, too, is that we have I am I'm bound and determined to finish our rundown in that specific amount of time. We have to do it. We're going to get to it. So I'm going to leave the opening right now. There's we have so much to talk about, actually, because there's actual sports happening as we speak. And historic history is being made as we speak as well in Major League Baseball. So let's get to the first set of progressive trivia's. Obviously, it's going to be on Major League Baseball. I like this one a lot. And I'm uh, wondering if you guys will be able to, to catch it. It's, it's amazing. And I should have said this early, and I didn't, even, I didn't even mention this. I'll mention it in the last set of clues. I can't believe I did not include this big clue. I spent 20-plus seasons in the majors, played in the NL and the AL. Those are um, career numbers 276, 2,300-plus hits, quite a bit, 400-plus doubles, a lot. Played in 15-plus Postseason series, not games, series. That's an awful lot. Sure is. So we'll get back to that. We'll talk to Major League Baseball right now. John, the first thing I have to mention with Major League Baseball is that we've talked, I have talked, and I think you've agreed, that the one team that could give the Dodgers fits, maybe the Reds because they have three amazing starting pitchers. Sure. But they may not get past the Braves, who have a great team as well, and who have one has have one really good pitcher and great, amazing hitting. Uh, were the Padres. And who did the Padres draw in the first round? You guessed it. The team that that you and I, despite all of our differences and, and how often you go after me and how often I go after you. I went after you last night. <laughs> you were just, you're just innocently trying to watch baseball, maybe check in on the debate, and I just went after you. You did. Uh, as much as we do that, we totally agree on the fact that we do not want the St. Louis Cardinals. And sure enough, they're beating the Padres. They're beating the Padres right now. Yep. And um, and and may, they may have already beaten them. I'm not no, sure. I don't, I don't believe that one's over yet. No, it's the top of the third. Cardinals are up four to two, but they have men on second and third. Actually, I have uh, five to two with men on second. Well, there you go. There. Uh, we'll talk about the Braves and the history they made, but I want to talk about the 
I want to, I'll just say it, the fucking Minnesota Twins. Man. Or, do, do, you Man. Know how many, do you know how many postseason games now they've lost in a row? Is it like 17? It, great work out of you. You're not always the best numbers guy, so I give you huge credit. I've been watching baseball today, so that's, uh, you know. I, 17, I, Johnny. It's, it's, I, it, it's ridiculous. Everyone was picking them, too, in this series. They were picking the Twins. Yeah. Cannon fodder. They are and, playoff cannon fodder, Mark. That's all they are. And and now the Astros, who, oh, by the way, finished under 500, <laughs> have now moved on to the division round. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. The poor Minnesota Twins. But let's talk about the Braves. And I'm going to call them your Braves, John, because, you know, for years before then, you know, you, you were a, you were an Orioles fan, obviously, but you're really I grew up an Nats. Orioles fan. Yes. You're a National League guy. The, the Nationals hadn't hadn't moved to Washington yet. And you were a Braves fan. I, it's fair to say, right? Yeah. 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 And I did. I was the public address announcer for spring training for. Uh, he was the voice of the Braves, not the voice of the Braves. He was the voice of, of the spring training Braves. Yeah. Skip Carey or somebody, so not me. R.I.P. But um, indeed, not Skip. No, uh, no Chip. Skip. No, no, no Skip. Chip. Skip. No Chip. Chip wow. is alive. I, Skip I almost is, said something. I almost said something is so horribly flip, inappropriate. Flip and Dip are still around. That's right. As is Chip. Dip uh, is the uh, older alcoholic brother that we, you wow, know, wor- wow. we worry about. Hangs with Leo Manning. He clearly. does. He hangs. The, the two of them can <laughs> often be found in the, their favorite watering hole. Wow. And, and you know, for, for what I put up with you last night, how many drinks in, you really shouldn't be picking on anybody's alcohol consumption. I called it right, Jeff. At one point I said to Mark, because he's, he's literally, I go to Ferrera Land via text. And and uh, and I'm like, him out on his. My argument was was a sports thing where you call me out on you think that I hate greatness. He does. I said I I don't I like individual greatness. What I don't like is dynasties in sports. They bore me. Right. Dynasties bore me. And yet I'll bring this up. And yet (laughs) here we go. He loves democratic base hits like doubles and singles. It's more. I'm not a home run guy. So in the he loves the collective when it comes to hits, hates the individual when it comes to home runs and strikeouts because it's just one on one. They're just fascist. Okay, he hates the individual, yeah. and yet when it comes to greatness, he loves the individual and hates the collective greatness. He hates team greatness. I was just calling him out on it, and he couldn't handle it. And he accused me of was, drinking. I, it, I, I, I accused him. I said, you're in. three in, aren't you? And you were like, yeah, so are you. I was only one in. Now, the one was a double. I'd, I'd made the mistake of pointing that out beforehand. But uh, I, he, 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 I caught him in his lie. He said, I've just had one. <laughs> I said, you just had a double. One oh, glass. I have two. At any rate, I've got this a Ferrara is not going pour. well in terms of our 40-minute plan, night. by the way. I had a Ferrara pour. Because I looked at the bottle, and it's 14-year-old Balvenie. It's $77 a bottle, people. It's, it's the one thing that I splurge on in this entire world. And uh, Mark Ferreira was over the other night, and it went from the bottle that I bought that day to, like, two sips left in it by the time you were done. Now, I will say, for the record, you did ask if you could go back to the bottle. I just didn't realize that your pouring of scotch is like your cutting of a, of a piece of cheese off of a block. Mark could get a block of, like, of, uh, Cracker Barrel cheese, and I'm like, hey, Mark, slice up the cheese, and he it's like four pieces. It's like you got to eat, like, a building block of cheese. Ugh. 
All right. So we'll let that stand Taking for now. Taking care of all family business right now. We'll let that stand for now. <laughs> you may think you've won this round, but I'm, it's all because I have a 40-minute time limit. We're moving right. on. I know. I'm just I'm just shutting off the camera when it gets to that point. That's so, it, you, so you guys had this argument and then what? Had lunch? No, we, we had it last night. I was last in a night. bar. I was in a bar watching watching the uh, Yankees and checking. Well, I, it was uh, no a very, uh, Savannah. I was in Savannah. Don't worry about it. It's Savannah is very very careful. Everything. Everyone was in mass. It was very Great distant. Town. Great. And town. it was uh, it was um, they, you know, high ceilings. Ones. It was not it was not a crowded bar. But um, elbow to elbow, it was not people. No, it was very safe. At any rate. Um, you know, I was checking in on the debate on my phone and I was watching the game and that's what I was doing. And so we were texting and I went after him and now he went after me. And this is to be continued, by the way. All right. This fair to enough. To be continued. Fair enough. Uh, so let's talk about the Braves. Four slices of cheese on a cracker. Bread. And <laughs> I don't even remember. Cheese on crackers. That. I don't even remember doing that. And my Balvenie pours were not, well, they were maybe doubles. And I had, had like two. seven of them, by the way. I had two. Mm-hmm. At any rate. Wow. At any rate, th- to be yes. continued. To be continued. Right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Braves and Reds. What a game! And you know what? Can I just say this too? The, the maybe some karma because those are the games the Braves lost during the glory years. I mean, we we talked about those great w- with the with the and twins. They had the pitching. And they had, you know, the yeah, the best pitching in certainly the National League, but probably all of baseball. And their bats would just go ice cold in in the postseason, particularly in World Series, uh, but in postseason in general. And they finally won one of those one nothing, thirteen inning pitching duels. Uh, we've had some great pitching in the playoffs, by the way. But see, the thing is, their bats still went cold. They had twenty one strikeouts, John. Yeah. It's yeah. the first time any team in the postseason has struck out 21 times. Mm-hmm. Think about that. It's a 13 inning game. Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, you know, there's uh, 39 outs. There's 39 outs. 21 of those are strikeouts. All right. And you 17. Did hit, you did not hit well, but you won one to nothing in 13 right. innings against the Reds, who have, who I, they must have been pitching Trevor Bauer, who was probably going to win the. I think going away, going to win the Cy Young Award. And again and again and again, though, the Reds are kicking themselves because I think in the 12th, maybe it was in the 13th, 12th or 13th, they had runners at the corners with one out. They were putting people on base. They were putting the leadoff man on base on on a semi-regular basis, and they just could not get it done. The uh, the, uh, Braves bullpen, some real timely strikeouts for the Braves bullpen. Bauer, by the way, it is Bauer. Seven and two-thirds inning, no earned runs. This was 0-0 in the bottom of the 13th. Yep. No earned runs. I mean, and I love this kind of baseball too, John, even though, you know, we, I am, I'm a National League guy. I'm not a three-run home run guy. Again, I would go after you because that was your favorite team. The manager of your favorite team espoused that as a strategy. I know. Three, I know. Three-run home runs. But seven and two-thirds, two hits, no earned runs, and 12, 12 strikeouts in seven and two-thirds. It was amazing. And he doesn't get the victory. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The Reds had six hits. To your point, John. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The Reds had 11 hits. And that and that's where your point makes perfect sense. It's not being able to come up with a clutch one. No, they they, they, they clammed yep. with guys on base in scoring position yep. uh, time yep. and time again. Um, Alex Rodriguez was losing his mind. <laughs> 
asking them to bunt at times, just saying, guys, you know, and that we, we don't see a lot of that small ball, uh, certainly from the Reds. Uh, it, maybe it would have paid off for them, but it was remarkable how many times, and again, I was cheering for the Braves because uh, I'm nominally a Braves fan, and how many times I'm sitting there going, all right, well, here it is. You got runners at the corners and less than two outs, you know, odds are clam. that happens more than once. Odds are clam. And boy, I, yeah, I tell you, that is, that is a devastating loss. Uh, it is. Although the breads have we'll see how they front, bounce front line starter starters for two and three where the Braves. Yeah, oh yeah. And, uh, and if the Braves bat, and of course it was Freddie Freeman who got, who, uh, who got the big hit. He'll now finish fourth for the MVP. I heard, something, I heard something yesterday. Yeah, exactly, because postseason <laughs> does matter. I heard something yesterday that he's the favorite. Uh, I, You know, I heard that. I mean, who, who would beat him? Who would beat him? Um, Someone from the Dodgers, maybe? Yeah, possibly. I, I don't know. I and, and, and again, I'm so frazzled coming into this, but uh, there were they laid out two or three folks that uh, they thought had a better opportunity than he did. But, uh, yeah, and to your point, uh, Oh, I know the postseason doesn't count. Postseason counts. Postseason totally counts, especially, especially in baseball. Yeah. Um, Marlins beat the Cubs. So, and this is what they I'm jumped you, on them early, uh, I, I think, because the Cubs got the first run, and then the Marlins just just peppered them. And immediately now the Cubs, who won the division, mm-hmm. have two elimination games facing them. Yeah. That's it. Uh, it's unbelievable. Twins are out already. Cardinals are up six to two now. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. And the Rays are in big time control over the Blue Jays. They're going to, you know, they should finish this game out. Rays look very good. Yeah. And I hate that those two teams are playing because we talked about it on, on here with just so many sons of major leaguers playing on that, that, that it's Toronto. So team. True. It's so it's much the fun. It's, it's, uh, Guriel. It's Guriel and it, is, is it a Bagwell also? Is it a Bagwell? I think it's too? a Biggio. I think it's a Biggio. Biggio, that's it. Yeah, Biggio, yeah. I mean, it's like four. It's hilarious. And it's, uh, but yeah, they're going to lose. Rays are going to move on. Now, the A's look like they could beat the White Sox because, uh, you know, they had a great pitching performance last night, the White Sox over the A's. But this yeah, is the up. thing about the A's is that they're like the Twins. They haven't lost consecutive games, but they've lost consecutive series. So this is going to go 1-1, yeah. and there's going to be an elimination game, and they're going to lose. <laughs> well, I hope you're wrong because I was pulling for the A's, but I did think the White Sox would end up winning. I, that. I don't know how many division series, which go five games, that they've lost 3-2. Like, we could go back thir- almost 30 years and see that, you know, since the last time they really had any serious well, postseason uh, run. I mean, and the odds, the odds are maybe a little bit against them just because we've already eliminated one AL Central team. Uh, it, it certainly does look like Cleveland's in trouble after the Yankees just had a home run derby type scoring day. And uh, could they all be eliminated in the in the first round? That would be that would be something, and it would be uh, a little bit surprising because I think we we all thought that those teams from the Central would be battle tested because there weren't many nights off. There were certainly not a lot of nights off on a 60-game season anyway, and we were playing a division that's that tough. Maybe maybe they just, you know, built for the regular season, perhaps. Tatis, Tatis Jr., speaking of a, speaking of a junior, he's the odds-on favorite for the MVP in the National League. I love him. Best swing in baseball. Most and, compact, quick swing in baseball in my so mind. so fun to watch. That yeah. team is fun to watch. 
But again, John, think of this. What if the Braves move on and the Padres get eliminated by the Cardinals? Our theory, this is a perfect opportunity to test our theory because he, Tatis comes in with the odds on favorite, but then the postseason they get eliminated right away. And maybe he doesn't play well. Maybe he has a couple strikeouts in key moments. And then Freddie already is responsible for a game one win. Yeah. Walk it'll off. be it'll be our chance to test our theory. If Freddie Freeman ends up winning the MVP because the, because we're talking about them further and further into the postseason. Yeah, I'm telling you. Anyway, Major League Baseball, uh, so much fun. It's great. I love it. What eight games today? I mean, just crazy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's yeah, just nuts. Games. Game two for the AL and uh, game one for the NL. We still have the Brewers and the Dodgers, uh, which is you know. Uh, Obviously, we think the Dodgers are going to come out of the NL. Do we think it's the Rays coming out of the AL at this point? Well, I mean, that would, it, yeah. I mean, if I were a betting man at this point, I would. I They're would the pick two them, number one was, seeds, you know. Yeah, so that probably won't happen. Um, but uh, you know, if you had to bet now, yeah, because the because because the, the Rays did look awfully good, and and nobody's and listen, the Rays have something in their favor that no one has. They are used to playing to empty stadiums. They're the ones. I want Joe Connolly to come clean. Because he got it right. Yeah. He spelled it wrong. He spelled it wrong, but he got it right. <laughs> that that lends to going against your theory. Because if he had been looking on his machine, he that's probably true. would have spelled it right. He might have. Or maybe that's maybe he's maybe he's playing three dimensional chess. If I spell it wrong. Well they'll never get he it. shared with me the other day his methods of predicting games and calling good games. At- and betting on games. He's got like five different folders that he cross checks <laughs> and it's, it is involved. Yep. And I think, you know, I think we ought to bring him on another, another time and have him, have him share it. And actually maybe he just shares with us what his picks are each week because yeah. anyway, it's highly involved and it's very fun. All right. He yeah. got it right. Congratulations. So Connolly. Wow. I cannot believe that. Wow. I was going to say, but what? What about it makes sense? The 15 maybe postseason series. Maybe well, that was, yeah, that was the one because it's just trying to think of guys. And it's like, yeah, I mean, he was pretty ubiquitous in postseason for an extended period. Well, of time. For five different teams. That's a clue yeah. later on, which yep. is all, yep. right. Hey, all right. We have let's, breaking let's, news here. Uh, the MLB has just announced that they're going to allow fans uh, to the NLCS and the World Series in Arlington. Okay. Well, in Texas. If the, if the Rays get there, they're in trouble then. There'll be people. And that's going to be that'll be that'll be frightening they're, for them. They're not used to they're not they're used to performing in front of people. The no, in, in fact, I think they asked for there not to be cutouts in the stadium because they're like, whoa, hang on. That's that not like we're people. not used to that. They're only doing a third of the stadium, though. So it is going to still be kind of like, like it will be Tropicana-esque. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's see if LA, LA is not going to do that, are they? They're not going to do it. That's the thing, you know, I'll tell you, I will, this is a, a quick sidebar and it, and it does get a little political, John. I'm very sorry. Josh Amaro, who is the head of the parks division mm-hmm. for uh, Disney. Uh, they were, he was the guy sent out to, to be the spokesperson when, uh, you know, it was announced 28,000 jobs were going to be eliminated from uh, Disney. And it's mainly in the two parks, Disneyland and Disney world as a little well. bit of the cruise line too. A little, little bit of the cruise lines as well. And um, and he said, you know, to be honest, 
we're trying in Florida, you know, and we have regulations that we're doing and we have social distancing. We're we're trying to do it within all of those guidelines that we've now set up for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But Gavin Newsom in California hasn't done us any favors because of the guidelines they have. We can't even open. Right. No, I get that. We can't even open. And yeah. I think that's I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. I, it's like, you know, what are you doing? It's like, do you do you not want anything to do you not want any business to survive? He's capped restaurants at 25 percent. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of restaurants that just in their design can can fit 30 or 40 because everything is so distant and they have a lot of outdoor seating. It's just it's just he gives liberals and Democrats and bureaucrats a bad name because he's just he's just making these these, you know, blatant calls and not taking things on individual basis. Well, he, he, wants, let, he wants married Kimberly Guilfoyle, so we know his decision making is probably not great. Anyway, it bothers me. It bothers me about that. I just David, I, it's it's hard for restaurants and stuff. And I, I will say this and I stayed waiting out of the politics thing for a bit just because, you know, it just gets tiring. But um, it's hard to have a one size fits all policy when it comes to restaurants, because to your right. point, there are you know, there are different designs. There are tiny little hole in the wall places where, you know, you're on top of each other. There yeah. places that yeah. are spread out. It, it's difficult. Um, I, I'm just going to say this about everybody. And this goes Republicans, Democrats super rich for decision making during this time is a very difficult thing. It's very, very difficult. I think most people are trying to do their best. And, you know, even when we're trying to do our best, we we don't always succeed. So, and, and I agree, but my overall point, and it comes back to sports is that the bubble, you know, there are two bubbles. There's one in Arlington slash Houston or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And there's one in LA slash San Diego. And, we're getting people for the ALCS and the uh, and the World uh, NLCS, the, I believe. Oh, I, think, NL- I thought you said initially NLCS and World Series. Yeah, it's the NLCS and the World Series uh, uh, games. They're in, in Arlington, right? ALs, okay. in, ALs in California. ALs in California. Yeah, but the World Series when they get when they go to Texas. Yes. So the NLCS. So yeah. So we know that the ALCS and the uh, World Series games in California are not going to be in front of fans. They're going to be in front of cutouts, which is fine. Uh, but it's disappointing, frankly, because if I was in California right now and I could see a game at Petco or I could see a game at Chavez Ravine, a World Series game or a or a ALCS game, you know, imagine seeing an a imagine seeing the Rays and the Yankees at Dodger Stadium. I wouldn't go to a Yankees game. Playing for the pennant, and I would not go to the Yankees game. I would I know, not because he doesn't want to not, get anywhere near the lake of fire. He doesn't nope. want anything to be putting him in that lake. He I could be struck. To, God knows. Thing. Look at me. Uh, my my cholesterol has letters in it at this point. There's a relatively good chance I get the Widowmaker at any minute, perhaps even during the show. My fear is that would happen to me while I was amongst Yankee fans. And uh, the decision makers for the lake of fire might make a mistake because, again, <laughs> we're all human yeah. here. <laughs> Well, that's a concern. I don't want to. I, I I don't want any part of that. No, I don't want. I get you. All, All right. right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on from baseball. Let's do another another progressive series. A series of progressive trivia. If anyone cares at this point in time, series of clues. Actually, we should we should do a series of progressive trivia because Joe Conley keeps getting them early. Yeah, Joe. I can't. I just can't. Just can't get it. Oh, double machines. All right. Fair enough. I spent 20 plus seasons in the majors, played in the NL and AL. Career numbers 276, 2300 hits, 400 plus doubles. I didn't do RBIs. I didn't do 1600 RBIs, which I thought would give away, you know, would 
would would make it a little bit more obvious. I didn't do home runs, which I think would make it even more obvious. Doubles, and you somehow know about Jim Tomei's doubles. Oh, now you've given away the answer. And I've just given it away. I'm so wow. sorry. Play, Way to go. In, Joe Conley has upset the apple cart. He has. Played in 15-plus postseasons. Let's keep moving. I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling just ridiculously horrible about myself right now. You're on vacation. You're in vacation mode. Five-time All-Star. Have 15-plus home runs. 35-plus RBIs in the postseason. Who cares? Led the league in walks three times. Never won an MVP, but finished in the top 10 three years in a row. He's a Hall of Famer, by the way, too. Has over 600 home runs. We'll get to that in a second. Let's go to our next topic, which is tonight. NBA Finals begin. Game one. Uh, I know both of you probably want Miami to win, and they certainly are fun to watch, and they have reacted to the bubble. I like one of the big teams, honestly. One of the big stories is, is, you know, what teams reacted best to the bubble, and and the big question with uh, the Clippers, who had such a famous meltdown, uh, is that, and and Doc Rivers lost his job because of it, but that they just reacted badly to the bubble. But, yes, they had new guys come in this year, Yes, they didn't react well to the bubble. Uh, you know, th- there's, a, there's a few other excuses that Doc Rivers could bring up. But what happens when in that same bubble that they're having problems with, that Paul George said he got depressed with, <laughs> in that same bubble, you're up 3-1. And in their first closeout game, you're, you have a 16-point lead in the second half. In the second closeout game, up 3-2 now, you have a 19-point lead in the second half. Right, And in the third closeout game, where it's tied 3-3, you have a 12-point lead. How do you explain that? What's the excuse for that? There, In my opinion, there is no excuse. I, I no. think, I think Doc Rivers deserved to be fired, to tell you the truth. It'd be different. It would be different if they had come out and they had just played poorly across the board. And we looked at it and said, you know, because I think we did see that with a couple of teams that got in the playoffs. And you could just tell the focus wasn't there or, you know, these – these guys are uh, creatures of habit. It was completely different. So you get that. But to your point, no, the the, the Clippers had their shots and they just melted down. They, they, they had did, their they shot. Did. They totally should have won. Shot. They should have won. I think, you know, and so I think conversely. They were the better the Lakers, team in many of the games they lost, which is really. Well, and I think Las Vegas yeah. thought they were a better team than the Lakers. They yeah. were favored. They were had higher odds. They were favored by more points against all the uh, against the nuggets than the lakers were. Yeah. So, I think odds makers thought the clippers you know, were maybe a point or two better than the lakers every game. And uh but conversely, there were teams that reacted so well to it. The lakers because for the most part the younger teams as a rule reacted better. There's younger guys, may they may not have families because mm-hmm. that was a big part of it being separated from your family for weeks before they allowed them back. That's a huge thing to be away from your kids, away from your uh, spouse. And then, uh, and so the young, and the young kids are, you know, not as susceptible to anything and they are able to kind of roll with things a little bit better. So the younger teams reacted well, the the Lakers are an old, what's their average age, John, the LA Lakers. Yeah, they're an old, they're They're an old old team. Very old people. And Miami's not, though. Miami's, for the most part, a younger team. Yeah, here's the thing as well. I think uh, a lot of, maybe a lot of the older players, and again, this is just speculation, uh, with the the downtime when when the season came to a halt, it's difficult as you're older to stay in shape. And it's certainly, I mean, I think we could all admit, 
that it's it's easier when you get to be a certain age and you're you know you've had a level of success. It's probably and this is not all of the guys because I'm sure some of those guys continue to work out very hard. But you just wonder if well, some of those did. guys, you know, never did get back up to playing shape. And uh, and then that cost them a while because in the end, because what we saw from the Clippers at a, at a point, Mark, was uh, they were missing shots left and right at ends of games where they had had big leads. And anybody will tell you that's a lot of times that's about your legs and yeah. that you're just yeah. that you're just not there. Um, and that's, either way, I, think, I agree with you, though. I love Doc Rivers, but uh, but I really do think uh, they needed to change. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't have the kind of leadership in the locker room because Kawhi is just not that guy. Right. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. No, wrong it's a different type of player. Different type of player. Uh, but uh, at any rate, the Heat coming in, obviously, everyone thinks the Lakers are going to win. No one's picking the Heat. No one picked the Heat to make the finals either, oh, by the way. No mm-hmm. one picked the Heat to probably make the conference finals anyway. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've faced this, this their whole time. And it it is it is very, very, uh, Jeff, to to, uh, to just give you even more love on this. It's, it's an impressive feat from Spolstra. It's an impressive feat from the organization. I think Pat Riley is is just lifting himself higher and higher in, into the all-time basketball people, not just coaches, uh, but the way he's handled the GM duties, especially after his team. He thought he had a 10-year run of a dynasty with LeBron and company, and he was very upset when LeBron left. And in six years, they're back in the finals. He has not ever um, – he has never hired a coach from outside – um, he, all he did was he's never hired a coach from outside. He had Van Gundy in there when he got there. He then replaced Van Gundy himself for the 06 championship. And then he's had Spolstra after that. So the stability of that organization is highly admirable. And I love watching them. They play, yeah, they, they, they have so much fun playing and it's like, they all seem like just over the top, tremendous, tremendous athletes that are just having a blast playing. So it should be a lot of fun. I'd like to see the Lakers win. I'd love to see LeBron get a fourth championship with the third team. I'd love to see all that stuff. I just, I just think he, you know, the more he can get numbers on his side, the less the the hate will have to just subside to some degree. He may never be the goat and I don't, I don't need him to be the goat, but I need the, the haters to, to chill and to look at, the facts. Yeah, I don't get the haters. Championships with three different teams. The whole goat, the whole goat thing is such, you know, it's if you're in the discussion of one of the greatest of all time, that then you've done your job, frankly. But once it gets past that, a lot of times it's just, you know, do you like a guy? Do you not like a guy? I mean, people still saying Jim Brown's the greatest running back in the history of the NFL. Jim Brown was a great running back, but is he necessarily the greatest in, in, in the history of the NFL? Um, back in the day, they said he was the greatest player. Not yeah, just, yeah. Not just yeah. running back. Um, and then that went to Jerry Rice, and I don't know who it is, right? Yeah. Maybe Pat, Pat, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, possibly. Uh, well, certainly Tom Brady in the Tom. discussion. Tom's in there. In the Tommy boy. Hey, Tommy boy. Eh? It uh, sounds incongruous if you're in um, uh, Ybor City with that accent. Um, but uh, if you're, yeah, I agree with you in that part. The GOAT is one thing. People are going to have their reasons for having their favorite. But it, it, if you keep him out of the discussion, then I'm sorry. You're just not paying attention. And you're just a hater. And I, I don't know if you watch uh, Fox Sports much, but uh, Nick Wright, I like Nick Wright a lot. I think he's pretty fun. I think he's pretty smart. 
he uh, analyzes NBA stuff, in my opinion, pretty, pretty astutely. And he said uh, that the history with LeBron, if you're in a game seven with LeBron, you're going to lose. That's just the history of LeBron. He usually gets eliminated in game, you know, in game six when he gets eliminated or game fives. Uh, but in game sevens, he, he may, he may be, he is his record in elimination games is very, very good. So his point is just assume if this goes seven, the Lakers are going to win. So you're going to have to win this Miami in six. <laughs> and, and that means you're going to have to win four out of six games. You better win game one, because if you don't win game one, now you have to win four out of five games. So he says the pressure is all on the heat for game one. Whereas we've seen the Lakers lost game one in the first two series, the right. uh, quarters and the semis, and uh, they're fine because they know they're going to win the game seven. Anyway, I thought that was a great astute yeah, analysis. But this could be the exception that proves the rule year because how different everything is. I don't want to make any excuses for the Lakers, but I mean, this is if they don't get it done, because I, if I'm a betting man at this point, I would probably bet on the Lakers, um, though I would not be shocked. I would not even be necessarily surprised if Miami ends up winning it, given what we've seen from them in the bubble. But, uh, you know, th this you throw a lot of that stuff out uh, this year. Uh, I, I appreciate Nick's point Nick's position. And he's probably right, but uh, I, I wouldn't be sure of anything in 2020. So before we move off of this topic, I want both of your opinions on this. They're both 10 and three. So they, they, they've dominated the postseason, the Lakers and the heat. Uh, the heat had to play the bucks. The heat had to play the Celtics. Uh, I'm temporarily forgetting the, uh, the other team they had to play. Uh, they had, and, um, and the, and the Lakers had to play. It may have been Toronto for all we know. The The Lakers had to play Portland, who barely got in. Houston, who is as schizophrenic and unpredictable as the, as it comes. And a Denver team that no one thought would get that far. Now, you'd think on that surface that the Miami had a tougher gauntlet to, to go through. But the East, everyone seems to agree doesn't have as many good teams as the West. Agreed. So does that so so where does that sit? Do, in other words, do you think the 10 and 3 gauntlet both teams have gotten through to get to this point? Does anyone have uh, an advantage in terms of which which gauntlet uh made them more battle tested than the not, other? Not really in my eyes. I mean, if you go 10 and 3 through the playoffs, you, you're on Regardless, a roll, right? Yeah, you're on a roll and uh so no, and I mean I think we all agree that there are better teams in the West than there are in the East or more good teams at the top in the West than there are in the East. But um, I don't think 10 and three is 10 and three. And again, what's the eye test look like for Miami and the eye test look like they are going to be formidable for anybody. I it's think be probably fun. the Lakers are a more talented team, raw talent wise. And certainly LeBron is a huge part of that. But I do think uh, to the point, Eric Spolstra's done a great job with the heat. They're playing as well as a team and having guys step up. Yes. Who, every know, game. Only, yeah. It's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a great series. It, Quickly, Jeff, we have eight minutes left. Uh, do you think any team had a harder gauntlet in uh, getting to where they are now? They're both 10 and three. Uh, well, I think the Lakers had the hardest gauntlet because I think the Western conference is, Okay. The hardest Stop conference. 
All right, fair enough. Let's go to our last set of clues for progressive trivia. All right, 20-plus seasons, played in the NLAL, 276, 2,300 hits, 400 doubles, whatever. The 400 doubles apparently gave it away. 15-plus postseason series, whatever. Five-time All-Star, 15-plus home runs, 35-plus RBIs in the postseason, led the league in walks three times, ever won MVP, finished in the top 10 three years in a row, last set of clues. Everyone knows who it is, led the league in home runs only once. He had 47 that year. Led the league in strikeouts three times. Played in the postseason with five different teams, finished with over 600 home runs, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Now we have, what do we have? We have six minutes. John, let's go to the NFL right now. Steelers, Titans, because of 10 um, cases of COVID for the Tennessee Titans overall in the entire organization, they have postponed the game with the Steelers. Now there's talk that they're going to go on Monday. Monday or Tuesday, or is but, the, there, but nothing's been. As far as I know, nothing's official as of now. No, nothing prior to me coming on the show. No, it was so, still saying Monday or Tuesday. Nothing so up your, to now. What are your thoughts on this and how the NFL um, deals with it in the future and how they've dealt with it to this point? Well, I think we we all talked about it on this show. We said this back, you know, June, if not before, that it all came down to a couple of things, which is rapid testing. And the ability to be agile with results. Um, I think the NFL has done a pretty good job up to this point with this postponing the game. I don't think they really have any choice because certainly the Titans can't go back to their um, facilities at this point, given what the protocols are. Um, And, you know, where they go from here, who knows? But I think they've done to this point what they have to do, which is postpone the game, look at rescheduling the game at some point. Um, the the One of the downsides of all of this is, is if they play this game on Monday night, because ESPN has complete rights to Monday night football, it would just be a regionally televised game in Tennessee and Pittsburgh. And by the way, it's a battle of two undefeated teams. So I would hate, I would like them to move to Tuesday when we could all see it. Um but uh, they still have a couple of hurdles to, to to jump over before they get there. And we're still waiting on Minnesota. It looks like none of the Vikings, when none of the Vikings t- tested positive in the first go round, uh, everybody does say, you know, the incubation period can be, you know, it's not hard and fast, immediate incubation period. So they had to go through another round of testing. I haven't heard that anyone's tested positive. Um, they've had one additional person for the Titans test positive. So we'll see if they can get over that hurdle and play the game. Um Great, but uh, I thought that the the NFL has been as immediate and agile as uh, as they had to be to this point. Yeah, so far so good with the NFL's reaction to it, and I'm just uh, you know hoping for the best and hoping that uh, if they have to wait and just sort of cancel it this week, that they can finish or they can find a time with uh, with the bye weeks and work something into that if they can. Um, going back to the NBA real quick, Joe Connolly chimed in. The Heat faced the Pacers, Pacers first. Yeah. And the Pacers were the four seed. Yeah. So they faced the four seed, the one seed, and the three seed uh, to get there. So that was a pretty tough gauntlet as well. But to, to Jeff's point and to my initial statement, you know, the East just doesn't have a strong teams. But that was a pretty tough gauntlet in terms of every, you know, they had to they had to beat seeds that were higher than them every single round. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. There's that. All right. Second, a little NFL thing. The only r- totally interesting game, I think Seattle – at Miami is kind of fun, but uh, 
Other than that, the only thing that really is pretty sexy on the schedule this week is New England and Kansas City. Yeah. And uh, we know what Bill Belichick does with hugely or explosive offensive teams. He usually takes away. He just totally takes away one of the weapons. Yeah. And then makes you beat them with the other weapon. Or in Kansas and City's case, the other seven weapons. That's true. Usually it's it's Tyreek he takes away or or Kelsey, you know, as a rule. And probably have some sort of spy on Mahomes. Uh, and Kansas City's defense isn't locked down quite yet. And New England loves to run the ball, control the clock. I mean, is there any way New England beats Kansas City? Yeah, I, I certainly think there is. Um you know, prior to the Baltimore game, most people were saying they thought Baltimore was better than Kansas City because of the problems with the defense uh, that they are. You know, they're they're a mid middle of the pack defense. Most Two minute of the warning. Time. Two middle minute of warning. The, middle of the pack defense most of the time. So uh, the other thing with the Patriots are as we go along, as Cam has been there longer, that off that offense is going to uh, they're going to start adding things to that offense. They were more vanilla week one than they were week two. That's going to change. And, you know, let's see what the let's see what they dial up for Cam, because he's a, he he's playing very well. He seems so dialed in and so in the right place right now. And I'm still going to say, as I have before. This is the best story in the NFL this year, Cam Newton to the Patriots. So, yeah, I wouldn't. Do I think they'll win? Probably not. But absolutely, they are going to give Kansas City a football game. Remember, Kansas City coming off, you know, beating the one team in the AFC that more people than not thought were better than them. All right. Good analysis. Let's go to the answer for our progressive trivia. You know the first 12 clues, 20 seasons, AL, NL. Oh, but will you read them disappointedly as, yeah. as you have? To this led the league in home runs, runs, led the league in strikeouts. He was a five-time All-Star. He spent 20 seasons, played in the NL and the AL. Like, you know, do we even care? Never won an MVP, <laughs> led the league three strikeouts. He is Jim Flipping Tomei. Jim Tomei. Congratulations, Joe Connolly. I have a Jim Tomei story. From the doubles. You have a story? I've Johnny, been- it is 640. It is time for us to close. Unless you decide, you make the unilateral executive decision to tell your story and, uh, you know, roll the dice with your yeah. next project. You have well, and my, my, you can't see my backdrop is uh, I have to retape up a little bit before I shoot. But I will say I hosted the David Wells Celebrity Softball Tournament in in Tampa, St. Pete, in St. Pete, actually, and Tampa. No, yeah, both places, because they had the softball game at the at the uh, Rays Spring Training Complex. And then at some hotel in Tampa, they had the the uh, celebrity auction, a lot of great stuff. Uh, Bruce Springsteen signed Telecaster, a, like a Harley Davidson signed by someone who would sign a Harley Davidson, all kinds of stuff. And I was bidding on one thing. I had, like, I had, at that time, like $250 that I could spend. And most of this stuff was just way out of my mind. But there was an uh, acoustic Willie Nelson signed guitar. And I thought, well, this would be really cool. And I was looking and seeing, you know, oh, a lot of people aren't, you know, aren't, aren't bidding on this. Maybe I can, you know, slip in there and, and, and get out. And I was outbid by Jim Tomey's wife. And uh, who who then kind of mocked me in, in a humorous way because I went over and I said, oh, I just really wanted to get that. And she goes, do you want to look at it? It was very funny. Wow. And then I, like a year later, uh, I went to, uh, I was covering spring training and, and interviewing Jim Tomey. And when we were done, I said, you know, I, I was at the, 
celebrity auction and he remembered uh, and we were talking about that and i said i really a little disappointed because your wife outbid me for the guitar and he said damn it if i had a picture it's displayed prominently in in our rec room and it looks great so i've hated jim tomey ever since that as well you should he's sort of an hateable kind of guy uh, uh, in, in, my, in my opinion yeah good player you know sort you of just uh, hate because joe got the thing right good enough to make you lose good yeah. enough to make wow jeez you know, <laughs> <laughs> You are not magnanimous. You are not magnanimous. Well, I uh, I can be, John. You know this, but right now, usually a facade. Though I think we're seeing it's uh, generally a facade. This is, this hey, is, it's your uh, birthday on Friday, correct? On Friday, yes. You're yeah, yeah. seventy. If I'm I mean, right, you're turning seventy on I, Friday. That's I am. Yes, yes. Right. You, you you don't look you don't look a day over sixty five. Let me just. Well, say. I appreciate uh, that. Thank you very much. Uh, and you're you're going to be you'll still be up there in the Chesapeake Bay area. I take. I it, will. It'll that? be our it'll be our uh, last day and evening. We're spending the night on the second, and then leaving Saturday. So yes, so I'll be in the same location doing the show. Hopefully on your birthday on, on my birthday. birthday. All right. You know, because my priorities are, are with the show, John. Unlike you've got some the other people, as part if you of the had show, a paying job, my priorities are right here. If you had a paying job, you would have taken it as well. You know that. All right, for John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor, I'm Mark. You guys have been listening to After Further Review. Have a great night, and we'll see you in a couple of days. Peace out. 